everyone, welcome back to Where Credits Do. I'm your host, Yulia Trutina, senior reporter at Tearsheet. Before we get into this episode, I would just like to quickly remind everyone that we are holding Tearsheet's Power of Payments Conference, which we're calling TPOP for short, on September 15th at Current and Chelsea Piers, New York City. This will be a day full of critical insights and discussions, as well as in-person networking opportunities. We have primarily designed this conference for senior management of financial institutions, fintechs, investors, and consultants. However, there's also limited space for other key stakeholders. So if you want to be among those few special decision makers, head over to tpopconference.com, that's tpopconference.com, and I'll also provide you with a link in the podcast episode description. All right, back to business. When we talk about lending these days, it's no longer just about big banks with large underwriting teams. Advancements in technology are completely changing the lending and loan management practices area. Take a look at FICO, which has been one of the most reliable credit ranking systems out there. It was developed with some of the most sophisticated algorithms that were available at the time and is still widely trusted to this day. And yet, now it feels outdated and software engineers are out to design a better model. It's all about AI these days. A cost-effective way to reduce that long time it usually takes to close a loan, boosting competitiveness and profitability. Automation allows lenders and banks to focus more on the customer experience and less on looking at data from all kinds of standardized forms. Digital lenders have shown that their bet is on technology rather than balance sheets. Plus, through the use of alternative data, lenders can access a wider customer base, as folks who maybe didn't qualify for a loan under FICO can now be found eligible. We're exploring this topic today with my guests, Mike DeVere, CEO at Zest AI, and Justin Wickett, CEO at Informed IQ. So let's get right into it. We're talking today about AI and lending. And I feel like AI has been a very commonly used term in the last couple of years, especially. So I'd like to start with getting each of your definitions of how you think about AI, machine learning, uh, technology, if we were to put a, you know, an umbrella on top of an umbrella on top of an umbrella. So what's your definition of AI and how it relates to the financial services industry? Mike, if you want to start and then Justin. Sure. I mean, uh, AI has been around since the 1950s. Most people think that um, when you say AI, maybe they think a bit about the Terminator and you know artificial intelligence that's coming alive. Um, but, but really, you're teaching a computer uh, to do something that a human might have done. And so early, in its earliest application was in a General Motors factory in the 50s. Uh, but today, what we have is AI... Uh, gives us great promise to fix uh, a trillion dollar issue in the financial system, which is uh, the current credit system is failing America. It's wildly inaccurate. And by applying AI, which is just better math and consuming more data, you can fix a lot of issues uh, that are in the economy itself. Justin, what do you think I missed there? There's so many different applications for AI and Mike, you said it so well in the sense that this is technology that's been around for, for, for quite some time, but with the advent of, of cloud computing with more and more CPU and GPU resources available in the cloud, uh, 
financial institutions are able to, to tap into machine learning, to AI, to automate processes that historically have, have required a lot of, of, of human input or just haven't been able to be solved by people because uh, folks' memory is just limited, uh, whereas a computer can, can do so much processing that before just hasn't been uh, uh, within reach. Yeah, definitely. Thank you both for those answers. Mike, you mentioned the credit system, and that's a great starting point because I wanted to get into the pain points of this whole process uh, when it comes to lending or securing a loan. And the credit system is right at the center of this whole thing. Um, FICO was initially developed to be the best credit ranking system out there, but now a lot of the focus seems to be on its limitations. So how do you think AI could change the credit system? Well, I mean, if we look at uh, the current uh, scores that are out there, or industry scores, most of them are leveraging logistic regression, which limits the variables or signal that you could have on a borrower to, I don't know, 20 to 30 variables. With AI or machine learning, uh, you're able to consume thousands of points of data. And I'm not talking about creepy data like social media or anything like that. I'm talking about traditional raw credit data. Uh, but you're able to consume that much more information. And it's, it's frankly, it's like a television. I mean, would you rather have 20 to 30 pixels or a thousand pixels? A thousand pixels would be a far more accurate prediction or picture of a borrower. And so I think the, the, the time for change is long overdue of transitioning away from this old math that served us well in the 1950s uh, when they started, uh, but there is a new way. And that new way leverages machine learning. But this, the secondary aspect when we talk about the, the failure of the current credit system is not only the accuracy and the ability to, to predict if one should provide a loan or not, but it's also the bias. Uh, I say it's actually a bit racist that when you look at uh, the gender disparity in scores or you look at the differences in scores between whites and non-whites, uh, it should be concerning. All of America should be screaming about this. I mean, there's like, if you think of the average credit score or, or FICO score for a female is what, 703, a male is 704, yet the debt for a female is dramatically lower. How does that happen, Yulia? How does that happen? And so I, I know for some AI or the topic of AI can be scary. Uh, but it has such great promise to solve serious issues that are plaguing our society. Lulia, I, I just want to add to one thing Mike said, which is that, and, and you touched on, which is uh, that lenders are looking to to go much further than than um, FICO's inherent limitations. You talked about immigrants coming to the United States with thin files or, or maybe no credit. Maybe there's no FICO score on them. And very often... Uh, financial institutions will underwrite and and put a lot of emphasis on the individual's income. Uh, maybe uh, an immigrant's coming to the United States, they're a technology worker, they are an aspiring entrepreneur, and they have the ability to generate income, but they don't have any, any credit history established. And so what Informed has been doing is uh, uh, automating the verification of income. We see lenders increasingly look to remove bias, 
not just from the the uh, FICO process, but also from the the verification process, especially when it comes to income, given the importance of of income as it relates to generating a, an interest rate, a, a credit decision, uh, payment to income ratios, debt to income ratios are are very important, and AI is able to more accurately validate and verify. Uh, an applicant's income than the historical manual process. So I'm excited to, to to share more on that. Yeah, Justin, I think you brought up a, an interesting point there that that with additional information you can start to close the gap um, of thin file um, uh, Americans, and so it's 47 million Americans are left out out of the credit system. If you apply better math with more signal, so Yulia, uh, as an immigrant, we would have we would have been able to still score you, just because we're consuming many more variables. And so, if the model had 500 signals and 200 were missing, we could still score you. But then, if we partner with Justin and also consume information that his organization is creating now you're even closing the gap that much further. And so machine learning can get you half of the way there, but you have to actually have alternative data like informed IQ creates. So let's talk a little bit about alternative data. Here, I have to admit that I have a bit of an ambivalent feeling about it, especially when it comes to what should be qualified as data to be used in a financial process or data that generates an outcome with financial or social implications. And my reticence comes from concerns around data biases and privacy. So do you think about alternative data with this kind of ethical lens? I'll take a first crack at it. Look, I, I think that informed is all about enabling for consumer information that that Americans are are putting forth to really be taken into consideration holistically. Um, we're not an alternative data company. We are about uh, enabling for, say, applicant income to to be really considered. We 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 hear from financial institutions how. They give uh, the same loan jacket to 10 of their different loan funders, and each of those 10 loan funders happen to calculate applicant income in a different manner. Some, some folks working at the bank take into account overtime pay, others uh, disregard tips, uh, some, some staff take into account ATM deposits, counter deposits, others don't. So what, what we've continually heard from, from lenders is not so much that they're, they're begging for alternative sources of data. They just want to better and in a more consistent manner uh, process the information that Americans are, are providing to them when they're applying for credit. And, and I think that this is a, a trend that's really um, getting, getting noticed. For example, the, the, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, the CFPB, uh, they are making some amends to uh, 1033, which is in relation to uh, the Dodd-Frank Act. Uh, and, and what it's all about is how can you 
uh, as a financial institution um, uh, governed by, by the CFPB, provide greater transparency to consumers so that as an American, when I'm applying for credit, I know what information is actually being taken into consideration. Um, not just my, my FICO score, and we'll talk about that. There have been some challenges with Equifax recently providing the wrong FICO scores and, and credit information to lenders. But, but as more and more Americans are, are earning income from a variety of different sources, gig economy, for example, and, and they're providing their pay stubs, their bank statements or tax returns to a lender, you know, it would be good for, for me to know as an American, was my overtime pay taken into consideration? Were my commissions taken into consideration or my self-employed income taken into consideration when applying for, for this loan uh, or not? And, and is that the reason why I'm, I'm being charged a higher interest rate? Uh, so, so that's something that's, that's really interesting. Mike, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think I think you just have to be mindful about the information that you're using. Um, it, uh, at times, you can have an unintended outcome, and so if we think of another fintech um, in in recent years, got in trouble uh, because they were including the university that you graduated from. Well, if you say that I graduated from Harvard and someone else graduated from Howard that can end up being a proxy for race. And though, though that might give me great signal and I can evaluate the credit worthiness of an individual, it's also a proxy for race. And so I think being mindful about what your intentions are uh, with the decisions you're trying to make, with the model that you're uh, building, it's mindful AI, uh, a concept popularized uh, by a, a professor up near you, Justin, at Berkeley. And um, so being very purpose driven about how you're build, building the model and what data you include, I think is, is super important. But what do you think regulators can do on this front? Even, even the best of intentions can lead to bad decisions and leaving everyone to their own devices doesn't really guarantee equity or fairness, especially when it comes to transparency, uh, given how much the system relies on proxies, for example. So how do each of you think about regulation in the space? Yeah, it's, it's a, from my perspective, it's a balance. It's a balance uh, between providing greater guidance and at the same time, allowing for space for innovation. Um, and because if the pendulum swings one way versus the other, you know, we'll have no innovation on one side of the spectrum and, and the credit system will not be fixed. Uh, on the other side of the spectrum, you're right. It can't be the wild, wild west where we're all, you know, scraping social media data uh, as as is acceptable in other countries uh, where you're scraping social data um, to actually uh, make decisions around credit. That's wildly dangerous um, and not not acceptable here in the U.S. And so I think it's really about having a balanced approach. Yeah, I completely echo that. Uh, part of informed submission is to, to lower the cost of credit using AI for real-time transparency, wider access to capital, and, and improve compliance. And uh, along those lines, uh, I think the, the, the uh, advance notice of proposed rulemaking, the ANPR coming out of the CFPB, mandating additional transparency is, is very much along those lines, informed our policy is such that we don't go out and scrape third-party data. We do not do that uh, at all today. What we do is we help uh, lenders, financial institutions, 
process data that that applicants are providing to them already that applicants are consenting to provide to them. We've been blown away by uh, how manual that process has been to date, uh, how much bias and and error prone it is currently, and by taking advantage of, of AI machine learning automation, we've been able to to free up staff bring more consistency and transparency and auditability to that existing manual verification process that in turn has allowed for, for, for hundreds of thousands of, of Americans to, to qualify for, for better interest rates because uh, they, they had understated, for example, their income. They, they weren't sure whether or not the bank was going to take into consideration their, their bonuses or their commissions or tips. And as a result of using software that complies with the, the written policies and procedures of, of the lender, we're able to, to enforce it. That indeed is, is uh, the case. I would also just add, as it relates to uh, accountability, one of the, the big trends that we've seen more recently is uh, OCC-regulated banks really focusing on model risk management. Inform spends a lot of time undergoing uh, the model risk management processes of financial institutions. And, and what that's all about is how can you prove that that the, the underlying machine learning models are, are free of bias, that they are precise, that the models are stable? How do you measure the inherent limitations in the model? So, so we spend considerable time working in, in that sphere. And I think a lot of lenders are, are drawn to fintechs, uh, and I should say reg tech companies like Inform that can provide that as a service to them. So they're not having to, to try to, to, to monitor those, those models on, a, on an ongoing basis with just their own staff and, and that those models are, are getting trained up on a, a, a more dispersed, uh, uh, broader data set, not just say, for example, the pay stubs of a, of a single bank uh, or the ancillary product contracts of a single bank, but, but rather across the, uh, the entire industry. And, and model risk management is something that we do at least once a year with each of the large financial institutions that, that we serve. Mike, does that come up on, uh, for you guys? I would imagine so. Oh, no, for sure. So uh, when we build a AI-driven underwriting model, uh, our machinery is such that we are able to generate a model risk management document that aligns with SR117. It's about 90 seconds. Um, and so we end up generating, for even the smallest credit union, a, the same model risk management document that we deliver to Truist, one of our bigger customers. And because it's the right thing for consumers, it's the right thing for our financial partners and customers, um, you know, that we do it that way. But the, the great irony, I was thinking, Justin, as you were talking, the great irony is, have, have we ever seen an MRM of any of the industry scores that are out there that are the accepted norm? You're completely right. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that that, that really doesn't exist um, at least I haven't, I haven't seen it. Uh, and, and what's so incredible here with, with uh, these, these new, new fintechs is being able to provide uh, the, the software, the capabilities that traditionally these, these very large uh, financial institutions would, would only be the ones with access to being able to provide that to, to your, your, your neighborhood credit union and, and others uh, so that they can benefit and take advantage of the, the best in class uh, automation and technology. 
I, I'm still searching for somebody to explain one of the industry scores and talk about all the variables and live up to the same standard that that we hold banks who are doing it on their own and trying to make a difference. So, uh, well, well, Mike, along those lines, I mean, we have banks who will and and lenders who will uh, audit the informed machine learning models side by side with their own staff, how their own staff have been calculating income or verifying that the right state disclosures were presented to the the, the American applying for credit um, uh, or that the, the right signatures are are in the, the correct places on the promissory note or retail installment sales contract. And, and um, there's very often these champion challenger uh, tests that are that are run, these these long pilots. And informed is consistently told by by large financial institutions that the the software, the AI actually outperformed their their own staff uh, in terms of making fewer mistakes, in terms of more consistently uh, automating the, the the verification of income or the verification of identity or insurance or residence that that's required uh, to board a loan. And, and I think it really speaks to the fact that, uh, again, the, the, the legacy process that's in place is it's very biased. It's actually very prone to error. And, and by taking advantage of AI, at least initially in terms of a quality control mechanism for a side-by-side champion challenger test, uh, really enables for eyes to be open to what this technology is capable of, the efficiencies that it can drive, and, and just the, the better consumer experience that can unlock as a result of providing a, a fairer process, wider access to capital, improved compliance. Awesome. I'm also curious to hear your thoughts on the innovation that's happening in the sector. Many fintechs are bringing some energy in this legacy system that's been around for such a long time. They're able to innovate faster, changing things quickly, and also bringing a fresh mindset to things. Um, so I wonder, what are some of the ideas that caught your eye or innovation that you're most excited about in this industry right now? Oh man, well, I can go first. I, I'm, I just am so excited about the, the work that Informed is, is doing because look, we, we look at the, the 30, 30 plus million indirect auto loans originated each year and all of the, the consumer loans that are being originated and this notion that uh, the process to date has been so manual, so repetitious, so much of the bank staff is is needing to go towards the the process of of doing these verifications to be able to 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 do what we do best to focus on solving those pain points is what inspires us. And every time we we, we find a, a, what we call a critical defect, let's say uh, an American was uh, purchasing a, a car and a car dealer is trying to get paid for uh, some kind of warranty and insurance product by the bank, but but the American consumer never even signed, signed for that product. They never even agreed to, to those terms. And here you've got some car dealer that's, that's wanting to get paid. Every time we catch one of those instances, and we catch a lot of them, uh, we feel really proud of, hey, this software is working. There's so much change to drive. We're really at the infancy of this reg tech boom. And, and yeah, to be able to, to just drive more efficiency in the space is is very exciting to us. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I certainly, Justin, I would have said informed. I'm excited about what y'all are doing. Uh, I also, there's uh, Michael Broughton, a founder of Altro, A-L-T-R-O.io. Um, uh, he is doing some really great work on uh, ensuring that all payment information is captured within the credit report. And so if we think of thin files or no files, um, I mean, my daughter just graduated from college. She's a thin file. How does she build her credit? Well, a company like Altro allows you to build credit through paying your Netflix bill on time and things of that nature. So it really expands uh, um, the, the amount of information that one can give such that we're able to serve uh, more of America and make uh, the credit system more inclusive. Uh, so obviously at SDI, we love that because it's more data. And uh, the more data that we have, um, we can consume it and, and end up yielding a better decision on if one should give a loan or not. But um, Altro, I would check them out. This was Mike DeVere, CEO at Zest AI, and Justin Wicket, CEO at Informed IQ. To read the transcript of our conversation, head over to tearsheet.co and make sure you subscribe to Where Credits Do wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll be out with a new episode every two weeks, bringing you conversations with industry leaders on the ever-changing lending landscape. And if you're interested in more content, you can subscribe to our lending newsletter and briefing in your inbox every other week. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you at the next one.